Welcome to the MedEvidence Podcast, hosted by Dr. Michael Corrin and Michelle McCormick. MedEvidence, where we help you navigate the real truth behind medical research with both a clinical and research perspective. In this podcast, we'll have discussions with physicians that have extensive experience in patient care and research. How do you know that something works? In medicine, we conduct clinical trials to see if things work. Now, let's get the truth behind the data. Welcome to Med Evidence, powered by Encore Research Group. Go to EncoreDocs.com. Welcome to Med Evidence, Truth Behind the Data. I'm Michelle McCormick. Four-part series today about longevity. Can medical research help us live longer? Great question. Joining us today, Dr. Michael Corrin, founder and CEO of Encore Research Group and a practicing cardiologist. He has been principal investigator of over 2,500 clinical trials and has published extensively in the most prestigious journals in the world. Also joining today is Dr. Victoria Hilo, a very well-respected pediatrician who also does clinical research at Encore and practices in the emergency room. So very exciting to have you both today on MedEvidence and um, great topics coming up. So let's learn a little bit about each of you quickly. Well, good morning, Michelle. Thanks for having us. And um, um, I, I didn't really recognize myself when you introduced me. <laughs> Sounds awesome <laughs> I, I to me, doctor. Myself, I, I run clinical trials and, and tell people that they need to exercise. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> good, good, good advice. That's, that's basically what I do for a living. Yeah, well, and you know, there is some proof in exercise that it makes us feel better, so. We, we, we will certainly get to that. Yes, we will. Vicki? I keep people out of trouble and rescue them when they get in trouble. <laughs> there you go. Very, very helpful. We appreciate everything you both she, do. She does that really well. Yeah? I've, I've run into a number of patients that were quite well rescued. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I have to admire what you do in the ER because I think in another life, I would have uh, loved to have been an ER doctor. But, you know, we digress. So let's talk about longevity. You know, this is something that we're all looking forward to in our lives, the, the longer that we live. And I think people are living a lot longer. Well, just to find longevity, Vicki. Yeah. Longevity is how long you live. But we want to do more than that. We want to make sure that you live longer and live well. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about and how to do and that. It's also the science of how long we live. Right. So there's, there are different elements of it, and we'll dig into that a little bit more today. But certainly that's something that we share as human beings. We all want to live long, healthy lives. I think and so. The problem with studying that and researching that, of course, is it takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if you have a subject, you have to kind of follow them. You know, at what point do you start with a subject and then how long until, I guess, they pass away? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are, I guess, cartoons that could depict that. You know, um, you know, uh, walking down the street and having weights fall on your head is not conducive to longevity. <laughs> right. I wish we'd have known that before. You know, you know, a bunch of uh, out-of-touch scientists coming up with this conclusion. So mm -hmm. it can it can be tricky. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> and but you know, there's also things that we can avoid hazardous things, and um, you know, we need to make sure that we are doing those. And those are the simple. Well, well, Vicky's starting to tell our secrets. All right, let's so go there, Doctor Corin. Should, should, should we let them know the secrets right away? No. no? <laughs> You're tough. <laughs> let's, just, let's just let them know that we are involved in clinical research and that there is lots of clinical uh, okay. research, well, she, she, and it's taking lots well, of time. Well, well, <laughs> she's the bad cop. I'm going to be the good cop. All here. right. All right. Let's play. Okay. Ava, we, we like to think of the world of longevity as having three secrets. The first is to avoid hazardous things, and we'll talk about that in more detail, but it seems pretty logical. Mm -hmm. The second one is to maximize healthy lifestyles. 
And certainly we have a, a lot of people in this room and elsewhere that uh, spend a lot, a lot of time to make sure they're doing everything right in terms of diet and exercise. And we'll talk a bunch about that. But the one that we also do for a living, we do professionally, is that we discover the relevant medical evidence for folks and apply its wisdom. Mm. That sounds like a secret sauce right there. That, it's a really, really good one. And actually applies also to number one and two. So discover the relevant medical evidence and apply its wisdom. Okay. Well, I think uh, we need to dig a little deeper into that because they sound simple enough, yeah, honestly. They, they are simple. But how do we and they work. that apply? They actually work. And we, have, and we have scientific evidence to show that and they I work. And I love that. There is research behind the secret but it, sauce. But it's so confusing. Because there's so much noise out there that <laughs> right. it's hard to know. Well, it's like, who do you know? Who do you believe? Because you're getting hit on social media with that magic pill or you're hearing about it on the news. And, you know, what is what is long, sure. the secret to longevity? So, so before we get into all these secrets, I have to share some not such good news. Hmm. So there's been only three times in American history when average life expectancy has gone down over a five-year period, only three times. The first was during the Civil War. The second was between 1915 and 1920, during World War I and the flu pandemic. And the most recent example is between uh, 2015 and 2020, before COVID, by the way. Hmm. So between 2015 and 2020, average U.S. life expectancy went down over a five-year period. That's really very rare in our history. Usually life expectancy is going up and really cause for concern. And part of our motivation to do these type of podcasts is to help people reverse that trend. Mm -hmm. And we're actually doing really well. Between 1980 and in 2010, there was dramatic decreases in cardiovascular death and morbidity. And unfortunately, as of around 2015, that sort of flattened out. And actually, there's been an uptick in the death rate here in the U.S., so, I mean, what causes, I mean, okay, so Civil War, World War One, And the flu epidemic and was the, the flu same epidemic, five years. But yeah. what's the most recent one? Cardiovascular disease, um, hazardous things. <laughs> and I guess it'll be a good segue to get into what hazardous things right, are. Right, right. Um, and lifestyle issues that are not favorable. And maybe uh, healthcare systems that aren't producing as well as they should. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the the population that we have now, since they're more the baby boomers aging, mm -hmm. will help with that trend to not have that Well, decrease? as a card-carrying baby boomer, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, my grandmother's 95 years old, so I'm hoping for some longevity based on my genetics, Absolutely. Too. And if you follow the secret sauce, you will get there. <laughs> We are talking with Dr. Michael Corrin, founder and CEO of Encore Research Group, as well as Dr. Victoria Hilo, a clinical research investigator and ER medicine doctor. So, all right. So let's jump into let's avoid hazardous things. Yes. So, Vicki, what, what are some of the hazardous things that you help uh, kids and parents avoid? Well, avoid being a window washer on a 20-story building is a good start sign me up for um, that one yes <laughs> yeah yeah without a belt or a strap yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, obviously wearing seat belts not driving fast uh staying out of violent neighborhoods and in violent situations um is a a big one unfortunately that we experience in the emergency room in different areas of jacksonville it can vary um and then things that we know can cause issues with cancers such as sun exposure um tobacco 
excessive alcohol um, and even illegal drugs can be associated with liver kidney issues but then also just increase your risk of dying of overdose and irrational as well as um, risky behaviors Mm -hmm. so those are the obvious hazardous things to avoid as far as behaviors yeah and i would add to that is when you look at statistics hazardous things have a huge effect on longevity and it's one of the reasons the u.s data don't look so good so violent crime is is certainly an example of that and when people die of a violent crime they tend to be young when people die of accidents they tend to be young and when you think about that if you're a 20 or 25 and you die that has a huge impact on the statistics. Now, we can do all of our best medical work and get you the best advice. You can be the most compliant patient and we'll squeeze five or 10 years out of the, out of your life based on what you would have otherwise uh, compared to not uh, following this medical evidence. However, if somebody dies early and you take 60 years of potential life away, that is horrible for our statistics. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to think about it. And as uh, Vicky mentioned, uh, things such as you're driving 100 miles an hour in the highway and, and getting into a car crash uh, and not surviving that is, is certainly something that is avoidable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And But some people would think of like adventures as hazardous too. Rock climbing, uh, whitewater rafting, you know, stuff like that could also be considered hazardous. And, and again, that's, that, you know, we don't tell people not to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And you can do all those things with the proper training the proper precautions, proper equipment, proper equipment. So, and, and then even within that sphere, you have to have some sensibility. So for example, um, rock climbing is tremendous, can be challenging. It can be a lot of fun. I've plenty of friends that do it. Uh, you should again, be conditioned for it. You don't, you, uh, you, you don't want to hang out on your couch for, for three years smoking cigarettes and drinking and right. then decide I'm going to be a rock climber. That would not be a good idea. So, But if you train for it and you have the right equipment, then that might be terrific. On the other hand, if you decide to climb Mount Everest, mm. you're looking at a 20% mortality rate. Mm-hmm. So certainly you might want to avoid that if you want to live longer. Not yeah. everybody necessarily has that as a goal, but most people do. So that would be a consideration. But there's some practical things I think we should mention. So, for example, probably... Anybody over 50 shouldn't be getting up on a ladder on the roof. And I tell my husband that all the time, yeah. by the way. And, and it's, <laughs> it sounds simple. And, and you know, it, t- it took me a long time before I took my own advice on that, <laughs> t- to be quite honest. But y- your balance is just not as good. When I you're haven't 50. taken that advice yet. No. I was up there the other day oh cleaning God. the covers. Wow. It's get, not a very big pitch. Get somebody to do it. <laughs> All right. Point we'll take it. I will take that home. But you, as long as you're following the, the rules of the ladder where you have three points on at all times. So you have your two feet and your leg. No, I'm off the ladder. Oh, on you're the on the roof. Oh, that is hazardous. <laughs> yeah. So again, it just, it, unfortunately, it just, uh, f- physiology is that your proprioception and your balance gets less good as you get older mm-hmm. and certainly um, it's something that you can delegate to somebody who's younger that has better balance and, mm-hmm. and, and certainly is trained so that, you know that, that'd be one of many examples um, even when you're doing healthy lifestyle things you need to take precautions so uh, biking is one of those things that's tremendous it's healthy overall but Jacksonville is actually an area where there's been a lot of bike accidents historically. And so you need to choose your path well. You need to wear a helmet. You need to, you know, take some care in terms of your approach to to something. So when we say avoid hazardous things, all these things are considerations. Yeah, that's why I prefer my indoor bike. 
because riding on the streets is scary. It's very scary and very hazardous. Okay. And and just to to be a little bit more topical on on that point, avoiding hazardous things is also just using common sense. So I know there's been you know, lots of discussion about COVID and, and how life should go on or not go on during the COVID period. But I would argue that, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out and go to a restaurant during COVID, but I'm not necessarily going to go into a, a bar that has 100 people packed in a small space. That is something hazardous that I can easily avoid. Mm-hmm. Good point. I agree. All right. Well, part of the four-point series, four four-part series rather, of Med Evidence Truth Behind the Data, we're going to uh, continue in the next part about um, some more on the research behind living longer. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk more about lifestyle and med evidence and why that's so important and how to apply med evidence in a very practical way. host Michelle McCormick and we want to thank Dr. Michael Corrin for his clinical and research perspective behind the science in this episode of MedEvidence, the truth behind the data. Mm-hmm.